It's a ride back. Now I'm in the front, sipping on some yak. Trying to get drunk, rolling up that pack. This street smoking rocks, and I'm feeling. So I'm feeling. Take a puff of love, fill your lungs with love. Take a puff of love, fill your lungs with love. Take a puff of love, fill your lungs with love. Take a puff of love, fill your lungs with love. Take a puff of love, fill your lungs with love. Hey, let me get sativa. I believe compliment my reefer. Call paper to roll it. Need me a big or a torch just to light it up. Follow my boy on Instagram, King Smurf, at King Smurf on Instagram. Once again, that's at King Smurf on Instagram, man. Go support the young man. I, hey, listen, you're talking to a person. I believe you as well. Go I ahead. believe you 100% because I went through a similar experience, not with yeah. Santeria, but with Christianity. And mm. Christianity, to me, traumatized me completely because the, the way they perceived it, the church. And again, I was a witness to those things. I was a witness to exorcism. Yeah, what Clarice is saying is true. I do too. I mean, yeah. it's just that to actually hear somebody who I could talk to, that's why I'm saying, come on, like, stop it. It can't be happening. Like, I never actually talked to somebody who said they have been exorcism. What is it called? Exorcism? Exercise. 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 Yeah. And then in my um, living room, by the way. And well, why? <laughs> why? Because you was tripping so out. After, like, you was no, tripping so out. After, so after, um, Okay, so leading me up until my suicide attempt, okay? So this is like the whole thing where it all started to kind of like get diagnosed and like people were starting to kind of listen to me because I was open about what I, I've always been a very verbal person. Nothing could shut me up. No ghosts, no, not like my teachers, not like it was bad. I've always been a very talkative person. But um, when I would say things that were really bothering me, to them it was like I was crying wolf. Like, she just talks a lot. She's just talking for the attention. You know what it's I'm like saying? It's like what Q said yesterday. Maybe they thought it was for attention. Exactly. But really, I was having the worst nightmares of my life. I was being attacked by demonic entities. Like, mm. like it was nonstop. I got to the point where I just didn't want to live anymore. This was a miserable life for me. People were calling me crazy. Like, I couldn't have, like, a relationship with people outside of my home. It was very very dark and so what's happening to this person that wants to shine that wants to be bright and is being held back is that you are not yourself so why even be on this earth 
So my first attempt to suicide was 16 years old. Mm. So when when did your mother marry this Cuban guy? When I was one. Oh, okay. So there, there was 16 years. And, and he's the guy that brought the satanic stuff in? All the time. Okay. So that's 16 to him, years. To, to him, to it him. It was spiritual. To him, it's spiritual. Yeah. Because Santeria, they're very spiritual. Um, yeah. But again, it, there's good and bad to every religion, every every belief. But in Santeria, um, it's it's very spiritual to them because they call onto spirits. It's very it's a very spiritual thing. So to them, they don't see it in a satanic way. They don't see it as an evil thing. But mm-hmm. to other people, it is because it's a very scary it's a very scary religion. It must it's a scary give, world. It, it must yeah. give them a sense of power and manipulation, though. Big time. Mm-hmm. I never thought about that. So when you say, give me an example of like a powerful uh, exercise that he would be able to do and be like, wow, he's the man. What would he be able to do for people? Um, So, so the the seances were very powerful with people that Mm -hmm. had a very big impact with people. Um, The card readings and the shells, um, and just like work. So like, hey, I need to find a job or, hey, I need to have this woman love me or, hey, I need to get rid of this person. Certain rituals that that was actually voodoo. That's what gave them power and credit. And it worked. It would work. I wow. saw it. I, I would see wow. it work not only, not only within my own um, people, like them doing it to other people, but it happening to like my to me to my mom where she'd made attempts i specifically remember going to court with my mom i must have been six or seven years old going to court and my mom was fighting for a divorce and before we left there we were already getting back into his car what like there's no way that you are you know being abused and like you're just you just filed for divorce, but you're getting back in his car. This was but that's this fear. That's fear. Fear can control so many things. He was, but he he that had could be that voodoo shit too. I want I really want to. I use the Bible a lot, and I want to make sure that throughout this entire conversation, all the glory goes to my Savior. Because if it wasn't for him, I would not be here to tell the story. Oh, there, man, I right before world. right before I I started this conversation with y'all, I was praying. I opened my word. I said, Lord. What word do you want me to use here? Like, you know, guide me because I refuse to go through this and not give credit to where it's deserved. Now, I'm not going to lie. There is certain things I've learned in the world that have helped me overcome as well. But it all comes down to God for me. Absolutely. 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 He brought me this verse and it just I just remembered it now that we were talking about this. And it comes from Ephesians 611. It says, for we not wrestle not against flesh and blood but against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. That yeah. right there is the yes. perfect definition yes. of exactly what I lived in my life. Mm, for real. For real. And so how did that get manifest uh, in the situation where your mother was sort of redirected to rejoin him, even though she had gone to court to get a divorce? Like, what did he do to cause her to be fearful? 
So, I mean, it was a lot of manipulation too. Like he was, you know, very powerful with his words. Like, oh, you'll never, you'll never find another man. You already have three kids. Like, who's going to want you? You don't have a career. You know, you live with me in my house. And it was a lot of manipulation. Um, He would sweet talk her, you know, it was very, you know, and then the moment he had her wrapped in, it was all over again, you know, Mm -hmm. the threats. And if you ever leave me and, and we would physically find voodoo. Like physical mm. things that we would find with our names or our pictures or whoa, um, a piece whoa, of our hair. Then you know what time it is, fam. You know yeah. what time it is, right? So now with this being so young, the why I'm even focused on this a little bit is because you wasn't running around like me, myself. At 12 and 13 years old, I was running around the streets wilding out. So I was... I had a lot of things that I had coming to me. I had it coming to me. You know, by 16, I was already getting in trouble, stressed out, had a kid and everything, right? You didn't go through any of this stuff. So when you reached six, when you got to the age of 16 and you was that depressed or that stressed out that you wanted to kill yourself, it strictly came from what you witnessed in your household, correct? Absolutely, absolutely. And that's crazy because everything you witnessed in your house was based around some wicked dark voodoo shit, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's and then and so you so you think the day you tried to if you want to explain to the people like, uh, you know, as far as what you did and your emotions of of that day you coming out and saying you know what it's over for me, but because you told me you might have had a touch of possession on you that day. I, I'm one hundred percent sure, and you know, at first I I was in denial about that part. Because again, it came back to the always being told I was crazy. I'm nuts. This can't be. This is just your imagination. You're bipolar. You're creating these these people in your mind. You know, like I, people were convincing me or trying to convince me to the point where I almost really did believe, like I'm just crazy. Mm. And so, what turned that around? Like, Jesus Christ. Would... Okay. And so, how did you access your connection? to him in order to raise yourself above all this? Just the, the thought of the, how clear the answer is in my brain right now makes me want to choke up and cry. Go ahead. Let it out. So I didn't know about the love of God. I didn't know about Jesus. I didn't know about any of that. And the seven days I was that when I tried to commit suicide, they Baker acted me. And I had to go to the Miami Children's uh, Rehabilitation Center there. And I was there for seven days. And while I was there, I was in the room and there was a young lady that was sharing the room with me. And she was talking about Jesus. And I'm like, who's this guy Jesus? Like, (laughs) what are you talking about? You know, like (laughs) in my head, in my brain, I was scared of seeing any kind of priest. I had been, I had been molested by one of the priests where he my stepdad used to go to church and do all of their things with and so I was traumatized that this priest was going to want to come and fill up on me in a rehab like I was so traumatized at that point I couldn't even heal inside the rehab like I was going through it I was begging them to let me die like all of a sudden this guy comes and he has people holding hands and I'm like, here we go again. They're going to bring some fucking fantasma in here. They're going to bring some more shit. Like I can't deal with no more of this crap. You know, I really thought they were going to have more seances. I'm like, Oh my God, here we go again. Like, this is it. And then when I, when I approach, I left my room and I specifically remember asking my parents, like, 
don't come see me. Just bring me some more clothes. And I was organizing my clothes. I'm very OCD. Organizing my clothes in the drawers that they gave us there. And I was ready to go to my next therapy. Even though I was super depressed, I, I still had a desire to live somehow. Mm. And so when I walked up into the circle and they were holding hands, I, I remember shaking. I was like shaking. I didn't understand what was going on. And the pastor, it was a, a, a pastor. He asked me if um, I, if I, if I had ever accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And I was like, no. <laughs> like, what do you mean? And he's like, do you know who Jesus is? And I'm like, no, I don't know who Jesus is. So he, you know, kind of explained it to me. And I was like, well, that sounds nice, you know? Um, sure. And that was the first time I'd accepted Jesus in my life. And now, how did you feel? Um, at first, I was excited. I was just like, if they're, if they're really telling me that this is what they say it is, this is complete opposite from what I know. So, like, this, this could be good. What happened was that the moment I came home, I wasn't allowed to feel that way anymore. Mm -hmm. I had to hide it. You had to hide I it. had to hide my 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 new relationship with God because to my dad I was the heathen. Like I was like the I was like he's like how could you do this? Mm -hmm. This is my religion. It was, and it was betrayal. It was betrayal. One hundred percent. And so that yeah. caused yeah. a lot of drama. Like when I'm telling you, like fights. He would throw pans at me. He would curse my life. Like, we would physically altercate all the time. It was horrible when I would speak about Jesus. So hey, it, pulled me, it pulled me back a lot. Let me ask you something. Who saved your life the night of the attempt? So we didn't get to talk about that yesterday, and I'm glad that you asked me that question. So my uncle, he's not my biological uncle, but my, my stepdad's brother and his wife and, his, and their two kids were living in one of our rooms downstairs because they had lost their house or whatever and we they needed a place to stay so they put my brother in my room and they gave him my brother's room and it's like literally it was a two-floor house it was on the same floor where I was trying to commit suicide they said that they found me at their doorstep passed out with my like passed out and I had already tried to slit my wrist but I don't remember trying to slit my wrist I don't remember that, that was part. the first time or that, that was, was the first, first time? time okay yeah that was the first time so I remember taking all the drugs, but I don't remember trying to slip my wrist. When you say you took all the drugs, what you mean? How much drugs you took? I, I everything that was in there, including oh, you vitamins, saw, all of but it. But hold everything. up, hold up. If I'm not mistaken, this is where it got creepy. You said something guided you and said, "Go down to the medicine cabinet." Right? Yeah. So I was in my. How'd that go? How'd that go? So that day was like a normal day to me, although it had already, I had already had a lot of suicidal thoughts before the actual day. I had never mm. spoken about that, you okay. know, and to anybody ever, period. I would never come out and say I'm feeling this type of way. I was always taught to not speak about my feelings. So get over it. Oh, get over it, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so I, I went to school. I had a normal day. I went home. I had a normal dinner. You know, I was like, okay, I'm tired. I'm going to go to sleep. And I laid in my bed and I pictured myself dead already. Like mm -hmm. I remembered specifically. And I just remember closing my hands and like pretending like if I was in my coffin, what it would look like when they would find the letters that I wrote them, you know, what my mom, if she would scream or she wouldn't. And like 
feeling a sense of like, I don't want to do this, but I don't want to live here anymore. So the only escape is death. Did you feel free or you felt scared? What was your emotion during that time? I was scared shitless. Oh, shit. It wasn't like, oh, I'm just relaxing. It was scared, huh? No, I was scared to death. I, I was scared because I knew, and this is how I, this is what I think in my head. I always knew I was different, mm-hmm. but I was told that I wasn't. So mm. I had to force myself to think that I was just not useful. Even though deep down inside, I knew I was made for something bigger. Like, you, I don't know if this ever happened to you, but when I was a kid, I saw myself like a celebrity when I was older. I always saw myself being like this. Me too. Big person speaking in front of millions of people and making people cheer. And that's what I saw myself doing. And you was meant for today at 11, 11 p.m. And, uh, November. Shut the front door. Look at that time. <laughs> uh, yeah, you was meant for today. You Hallelujah. was meant for today. You was meant for today. Like, your life was saved, that, you know, because you was meant to be here to say these words today, to the teach the people. You know I, what I mean? I really, I really got to be grateful because um, sometimes I, 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 you know, I went, Moving on a little bit, right? Ahead, I want to make another another thing clear too. Another influence after that first suicide attempt that prevented me from having a more, um, not a more, a stronger connection or a stronger relationship with my Heavenly Father after my first initial accepting Jesus Christ was the fact that I was drugged. So after I saw psychologists and therapists I was given medication, diagnosed me ADHD, they diagnosed me bipolar, um, um, severe depression, severe depression, um, anxiety, um, you name it, 16-year-old, they called me all of the names of the books because still to them, it sounded crazy that I was seeing dead people. Mm. So um, this also, I feel like altered the gateway to to like real spirituality because I wasn't in my full consciousness. Good point. Excellent. I was being, I was being doped up to reality just to, just to be pictured the normal person. And this is another message I have for anybody that's out there. If you, if you think that something is wrong, you, no matter what they say, find someone that will hear you. Because yep. I kept going to the same people thinking, my, you know, my mom, my dad are going to figure this out. Because, you know, as a child, you look for your protector for the people that are raising you to teach you what's right and wrong and, and tell you like yes or no. So I would and that's go to such my a parents. Hard, and that's such a hard lesson to learn when you're older yeah. and you realize that sometimes your parents don't have are answers. Not, are not, yeah, they're the ones that have caused a, a damage and there's nothing wrong with separating yourself from those type of people. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, so who did you turn to or who came into your life that helped reinforce the initial, you know, uplifting effect of uh, connecting with the pastor? So thankfully, you know, I have learned that Jesus really will lead the 99 for his sheep, you know, for his one. And he has shown me time and time again through people. Through people, through my dreams, I'm a very vivid dreamer, very spiritual vivid dreamer. I write myself down. 
and um, and through music. So he's placed people in my life that introduced me to ways of being able to become closer to him because I didn't know how to do it on my own. I, I didn't know that I could, you know, put some worship music on, ask for forgiveness. The, what I've learned is that the, the word of God, I mean, um, Jesus is the direct way to the father. So how do I get to Jesus through the word of God, through praise and worship? And that's what I've learned. So that's what I do. And you, learned it, it, and you learned it in a healthy way. Because again, correct. there's Christianity. Some religions in not such a, a healthy way. So you correct. learned it on top of the fact in a healthier way. Correct. And I was sober. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's what made you really get sober though? What made my... you get sober? Now, hold on, hold on. Because I want to do the timeline. Because you're fairly young right now. So from 16 to in your 20s, everything was cool. You was just, everything no, was cool. not. No? It got way worse after the first suicide attempt. Okay, lead us, talk, talk, give us a little example of when you say way worse. Not, you don't have to write a book if you don't want to, but give us an example of uh, what are you. Like, give us, what, give us like pinpoints. Like, correct, most, yeah. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, I, yeah, I can definitely do that because I actually yeah. wrote some pinpoints so that we didn't would have to write a book tonight. <laughs> yeah, no, because I don't want you to be like, damn, they want my whole life story. So, you know, no, you can tell us no, what yeah. you. You know, certain things and, you know, keep certain things disclosed, you know? Correct. Yeah. So um, after after the first suicide attempt, I, you know, it always goes back to spirituality. Um, I believe I was still being pulled by the dark world. You know, mm. the dark world didn't want to let me go. And so um, that kind of led to like ongoing things. You know how I was telling you yesterday, once you have suicide, depression, anxiety, the whole club wants to come. Okay, then you start dealing with uh, addiction and then there's different codependency and then mm -hmm. they all just want to gang up all at the same time. And what was happening was that because I wasn't having the proper support in, in my home, I was going to outside sources. Yeah. I, I still didn't know enough about Jesus and about spirituality to say, let me go and find a church. You know, I would go to what I knew, the world. The drugs, the alcohol, the men looking for just comfort enough, in all the wrong just places. Just that out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you don't want to yeah. feel the negative emotions. You want to block out all the you. voices. So you look for ways. And yep. what the world shows you is you take medicine. Yep, yep. So Clarice's number one mechanism became taking narcotic drugs. Okay. And so, you know, it started with the 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 psychedelic drugs where, you know, supposedly one for the depression and then the other one to so help they were calm prescribed. me down. They were all prescribed drugs. All of them. All of them were prescribed drugs, which then later on led to just, I was hooked. Yo, you know one thing you said, though, that's very important, that even hip-hop, when you said it yesterday, I definitely related to it in a hip-hop sense, but when, and I also heard about it in the rock and world sense, but you said music played a lot of a played a big role in your your your, your depression and stuff because listening to that type of music, like headbanger, rock and roll, kill the whole world type music, or what type mm -hmm. of music was created that? Yeah, so it was it was a lot of that. It was a lot of um, rocker, a lot. You know, they call it the emo. The you the know, emo, yeah, it was emo. It was like Linkin very... Park, 
Because oh you have gosh. hard rock, you have like hardcore rock, you have alternative, you have so many different, but um, the emo stage, yeah, that was more like Linkin Park, Corn. Yeah. And if you actually think about it, the guy actually hung himself. Yeah, he did. Wow, he was depressed. I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah, yeah, the about, singer from Linkin Park. Yes, about almost what, almost two years ago. At the, I think it was like towards the beginning of the pandemic. But yeah, it was a lot of that music. Um, it was also a lot of romantic music. I know that sounds crazy, but like soft R and B or a lot of the Spanish, um, old Spanish salsa, which is very depressing, and people talking about it, a lot of that. So it was mm. a mixture. Yeah, the music is pivotal. For real, like Huge. music, and as a young man listening to go rob this or go have this big chain or go buy this nice car, for real, hip hop. I don't give a fuck how many people say it don't influence you. We wanted to everything we heard on the radio. We wanted it by any means. But and nowadays, look what they sell, and they sold us those type things. Oh, go get your nice car, go get you this, and go get you that. Now they selling used drugs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it don't sell yeah. go look nice no more like they did back in the nineties, which was horrible because you now let you controlling young people's mind through music. Absolutely. But now you even killing the people because y'all don't even sell get money no more. Y'all sell get hot. Mm-hmm. And look how many young people are strung out over drugs, and they swear it's not the music affecting them though. It know. is. It's they a huge really impact. Don't understand that shit. And they swear, oh, rap don't do that. Yes, it does. You might not. Your new Jordans came from a rap song, probably. Yeah. <clears throat> right you know, I advocate. Yeah. I advocate this a lot on my social media. I use, and I'm grateful to God for social media now because yes, there is a lot of evil out there, but there's also access for people like myself, for like people like Lily, for people like you, to be able to access the youth on a positive way. Yes. You know, I I say it all the time, what we watch, what we listen to, who we surround ourselves with, the 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 people that are impacting our lives. Mm-hmm. My mom used to tell me this a lot when I was a little girl. Dime con quién andas y te daré Yo te digo quién eres. Yep. Tell me who you hang with and I'm going to tell, tell you who you are. Who you are. Yep. And unfortunately, it's rude and it's crude, but it's reality. If you, know? you hang around drug dealers, people are going to perceive you as a drug dealer if you hang around strippers people are gonna think you're a stripper and that's that the hispanics say that a lot all the time okay Mm -hmm. so let me ask you something miss claudia i give how do you suggest to the people out there that's going through something that's been that's going through probably going through what you or or probably gonna go through what you've been through how and, and come out of it right and they come out of it how do you suggest maintaining that positive direction so this for me has taken me a long time to narrow down right because there's no perfect recipe to get it keeping it all together all the time right like recovery is a lifelong process recovery you have to be proactive with recovery you have to understand that it's not only a spiritual thing Okay, but also a mental thing where you have to be exercising positive things into your mind all the time. So just to be clear, this has to be very clear. Like this is not like, oh, poof, you know, Jesus snapped his fingers and I'm all better. No, it's 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 a daily battle. It's a daily battle. Correct. It's work that I put in every single day so that I don't go back to that. Okay. So can so sixteen was one of the pinpoints, and then you said it got a lot worse after that. When did it sort of 
start turning around so that the majority of time things were moving in the positive direction. Yesterday. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Um, uh, realistically, realistically, I'm going to say maybe um, the last uh, since, since recovery. Since honestly, since I went to rehab. Uh, rehab was a big point where I had been in and out of the church in for a while looking for Jesus super hungry and then something would take me back out the trauma would bring me back to the drugs and then I was in and out in and out and then finally um, um, when I had my first son he's 10 now I I was you know in one of those ruts my mom had gone away. I lost my mom to a divorce. So she went away to California after she divorced my father. That was very traumatic. Um, I was I was very, very hurt by the actions of my stepfamily. So my brother and my sister, although they're biological brother and sister, you know, those were his kids. They mm-hmm. went into my apartment, caused havoc in my life. I lost my job, my career, everything I had worked for. And so I went straight to the drugs. And that last time, so I was clean for the entire pregnancy. And then I was clean for the entire 18 months that I've nursed my son. Mm-hmm. Right after I stopped nursing him, there's so many things happen. And, and I'm going to include postpartum. Postpartum doesn't have to be right after you give birth. It can happen even after you finish nursing. Mm-hmm. Um, it happened to me then. And Again, Clarice didn't have coping skills. Clarice didn't know anything about how to stay clean. I just would get clean and hopefully figure it out. Um, I didn't have a very strong relationship with God because, again, I was in and out of the church. Uh, well, I'm not going to say the church, but I was in and out of my spirituality, my connection with him. I didn't have anything consistent. Um, finally, what happened was that I went back out, and that was the the last time where it got really bad. The the judge got a hold of me and I was forced to do six months in rehabilitation. Mm-hmm. First three months were kind of a joke. Um, I was in a shared rehabilitation where I was still dealing with a lot of manipulation, codependency, and just trying to manipulate my way out of um, situations, connecting with men. men. Men have been a really big part of my um, trauma too. So I was. Do you think that comes from your stepdad? I think it comes from my biological father. Okay. I think it rooted there. I think it rooted there. Why? Because he wasn't there. You was looking for that man guidance or that strength? I I was looking for the love of a real father. Okay. Okay. Thankfully, now that I'm older, I have found the love of a real father. And that's my Abba Padre. So for like, you know, I'm grateful. But when I was younger and I didn't understand that, I always wanted to know where he was because I thought that he could have saved me. Yeah. So you were around 26 at this point? I was actually 24, 25. Because oh. my, my son, he was born 20, 2011 and I went into rehab 2012. Okay. So okay. yeah, that's, that was the first time that um, when, so my first three months, I got into altercation with one of the ladies and I lost the three months. The judge took away my son, told me I was an unfit person, unfit parent. I was 
I was a danger to society. Those were her exact words. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I just stood there like you I'm said her. Naked. That what might is... be Judge Cohen. You said her. Yes, that's exactly Judge Cohen. And I'm grateful for her. I'm grateful for her life. I'm grateful God, although she was very tough on me. She is very um, tough cookie, man. Yeah, she. Hey, she, man, back up. God Judge used Cohen. her. Y'all, y'all gonna leave Judge Cohen alone. Yeah, you know what? God, God used that woman for my life. For real. Yeah, for the she's... first time in my life, somebody believed me. Mm, okay, that's what's up right there. For the first time in my life, somebody saw a light in me and was like, we need to help her. She's not crazy. She just needs help. Guys. And Absolutely. And that's the first rehabilitation center was kind of like a slap in the face. Um, I lost my baby and then that's where I was really forced to deal with myself because mm-hmm. I didn't have to take care of my son. I didn't have, you know, it was just me alone in that room trying to figure out how I'm going to get my son back. I had to deal with myself first. Mm-hmm. So, so that rehabilitation forced me into, looking into within. recovery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so what, what steps did you take to start going upwards from that point and how did you keep going so surrender first um like well first of all it was definitely accepting so I, I have to i have to really thank na and aa um publicly because they were like the foundation of um my recovery that's where i started to kind of learn and understand that this is this is a real thing you know that addiction is a real it's not just like this pretend thing that people, oh, you have, sometimes you don't, it doesn't even happen by choice. Like, as you can see with me, um, accepting, right? That was first. Mm-hmm. And then surrendering. Okay. Awesome. And, and what, awesome. what actions? Shout out to our sponsor, Knockout Air Freshener, the number one air freshener in the country. Knockout serves dual purposes. You could use it in your house as an oil burner, or you could also use it in a mist bottle. So go check out Knockout Air Freshener at knockout.com. Use the promo code KEYS, and you'll get 10% off your purchase. Once again, go check out Knockout Air Freshener, man. You got some funky boots, stinking gym bag. I can keep going on and on for days. Cigarette smell, weed smell. You know what I mean. Go check out Knockout Air Freshener. It's a serve job. <laughs>